Hey, this is Kid Gravity. Before or after you listen to this podcast, make sure you head over to YouTube and subscribe to my Kid Gravity Beyond channel, where I have live streams of subjects that you may or may not hear on this podcast, and also interviews that you may or may not hear on here. So again, go over to youtube.com, put in Kid Gravity Beyond, and subscribe to the channel. Thanks. What's up, guys? It's Nikki Lachey, and you are listening to Beyond Borders with Rose Gold and Kid Gravity. The views and opinions of this podcast are solely those of the host, Beyond Borders Media. And trust me, if you hear something you didn't like, go do your research. Previously on Beyond Borders, they don't want us to. They don't want black folks to vote for Trump. That's why they want you to stay home. They don't want you to bounce ideas off of each other. Why do you think everybody's sitting home? The greatest exchange of ideas happens face to face. Voter suppression, huh? Mm. They're going to yeah. suppress. They're going to I'm suppress actually, the I'm black reading vote. The Ladies and gentlemen, they're going to suppress the black vote. The Democrats. They don't want your vote. They successfully got at least 80% of the white liberal. Oh, oh, and Borders presents podcast to podcast. They probably be guessing how many how many Negroes are up in there right now. Oh, but let's continue. Expanding access to 21st century technologies, including broadband. God. Shout out to Roger, Robert Frederick Smith. He helped develop the cloud. Shout out to that mm-hmm. man. He revolutionized the world. Black folk hadn't taken his advice. They haven't watched his body of work. Where is Black Zoom? Let's ask these questions. Where is Black Facebook? Black Instagram. Black Twitter. Black oh, there's Instagram. Black Twitter, but they don't own, we don't own it. But we're the most Bra- active on there. We have black people meet. That's about it. Uh, where like is you. where is where is the black engineers making new technologies? Where okay, folk, let, let, let's talk about this. Where is the black car company? Mm. We have all these engineers running around, can't get work. Where are these black? Where is these black? Automakers, you know what? But that the problem with that is that uh, I feel like a lot of black people have been conditioned, and it has nothing. I don't think that it has much to do. It has to do with our our own line of thinking. We're conditioned and internally looking to work for other people instead of working for ourselves, which is why we don't have things all of the things that you just named. Because we're we're eternally seeking to be employed by, but rarely ever seeking to employ, and especially in those. 
something about that. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Didn't y'all watch Jungle Fever? Why y'all couldn't be like Flip? Start your own architectural firm. Nah, everybody want to remember Gator. Where is where are the black people that are making? What's a good technology right now? Where's the black Wi-Fi? Where's black Wi-Fi? You know, everybody's got a smartphone in their pocket. Where's the black smartphone companies? You know exactly. Oh no, but they'll tell you that a black person revolutionized the modern day cell phone. I don't care. They don't own. Okay, the patent. but right. Don't own the, the patent, and we don't have like. Where's the black? We got some black. Where? Why are there not? more why are there not any <laughs> black steve jobs out there oh sheesh y'all y'all want to talk to us we're gonna be like them africans that be asking questions i think and you know speaking of africans uh i watched a saw a video about a year or so ago with this african this guy from ghana He's talking about there's like a a, a uh, proposition that Africans are coming who are coming to America would like to do with African Americans where they work and they get you know they work with us help us build up our communities here and then they go mm -hmm. back home and build their communities and we kind of network you know as you might as well say cousins across the sea across the oceans where we build a network between Black Americans and Black po Black folks back in Africa that benefits mm -hmm. both sides. Um. It's kind of hard to do that with the unwilling. Because mm. we're not pulling ourselves up very much over here. <laughs> and it's, it's it's embarrassing. Like I remember going to college and it was embarrassing at, at the rate of which because if you hear some of these African stories, I'm telling you, some of these people go through, they come from these countries that are, you know, heavily over with civil wars and they have problems that we can't even imagine and yet they still have find a way to make it over here to the United States, go to college, get their education. Some of them go back to um, help out the people in their country. Some of them stay here and build up, you know, lives for themselves. Uh, why is it that they're taking advantage of rights that they had to earn, but we're, we don't, a lot of us don't take advantage of rights that we are born, we're given from birth. What, what, what is that old adage our parents tell us? Respect is earned, not given. That's kind of true. Black people, and I'm going to say this to you. I know most of y'all never thought of it like this. Do you understand that these white people gave you respect? You didn't earn it. You allowed them to set the standard of how they respect us. If they respected us when we were out here looting and shooting, even before now, when we were doing it in the 60s and the 70s, if we had earned their respect, we wouldn't have any of these problems right now. Our only problem right now is during the COVID, we'd probably be in an economic arms race right now to see how much money each race is going to have when this COVID is over. They gave us respect. 
So they said, okay, you can come in. You can come in the door, but you stay, you stay at the front door. You can go up to the line. You can look in. You can't participate. And black folk thought that was enough. So now, uh-huh. now you're seeing you're seeing the effects and the consequences of being given respect. Y'all's BLM is not respected. The only people that are respecting BLM are those misguided black folks and the, and them white liberals. I live here in Brooklyn. I I drive all over the place. I see in the white liberals' windows BLM Black Lives Matter. They don't want to get called racist. Guarantee you, come November third, they're gonna vote for Trump. Guarantee it. But they're still gonna run out there and say, "Oh, I'm I'm down with Black Lives Matter." Hell, there was a video that came out yesterday. Black doctor got told by a white liberal, "I'm blacker than you on the inside." That's how much respect. I saw that. I, I, my I, my question would be to that. Qualifications was must one meet to be to meet their standard of what it means to be black. Uh, Don't you just love when the white liberal tells you how black you are? Oh yeah, you know they, oh they love to, and then you got Joe Biden telling people if they don't vote for him at all, then they're uh, black people. If they don't vote for him, then they're not black at all. And 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 even though he he said this 40, 35 years ago, he said N word twice. Black people telling me, oh, he read a statement. Okay, how would you like it if if one of yours mayors or or Trump said, you know, he tried to call me a nigga. Y'all would kill that man. Y'all would never let De Blasio get away with it. I don't know who's her may who Tiffany's mayor is down there. He'd never get away with it. I'm sure he's white. He would never get away with it. Uh, yeah, big, <laughs> they call him Big Jim. He's a country boy. But yeah, he ain't never not, gonna get away with on TV. Not upset about that. Their, their speeches. <laughs> he dropped the f bomb during a COVID thing, but you know we'll talk about that at some other point. But uh, if they're not gonna get mad at Joe for saying the n word, and uh, they say he was reading off a statement, why are they getting mad at white kids for singing the n word in rap songs then? Oh, because. Because once again, black folks, the white liberal, you gave too much power to. How Kendall Lamar gonna set up there, have a white girl come on stage, and then get mad? She said the n word. If you if you feel bad, my thing is if you feel bad, adamant about it, then don't put it in your music, then, because you know that they're gonna buy. White kids have been have bought out rap. I think starting in two thousand. Oh no, white white people have bought more rap since it started than black people. Right, right. Whites have bought more rap over the years than blacks have. If you feel that adamant about not wanting your predominantly white base to say the N-word, stop putting the N-word in your music then. Mm-hmm. That don't make sense to me. Common sense, people. Common sense ain't common. True. Uh, black folks. Next. Strengthening protections for workers and expanding access to full, fairly compensated employment. The lies you tell. You did new initiatives. I will give them credit. They they started the Crown Act. Did they understand that they just helped the white liberal? (laughs) They helped the white liberal. You helped Marjorie, not from Haiti, Marjorie from Kansas. (laughs) She can wear 
brunette, blonde, and brown in her black hair now, and you can't tell her anything. Because you know Marjorie, not from Haiti, from Kansas, will sue you. Mm. And Marjorie, not from Haiti, from Kansas, will win an out-of-court settlement. Now, when Margie, not from Kansas, from IT, tries that, guess what they're going to do? They're going to fire her. Mm, now, in the boot. Crown Act, they say they cannot fire you based on your hair. They're not going to fire Marjorie, not from Kansas, from IT, not for her hair. They're going to call it downsizing. So, because Marjorie mm. from Kansas, from Haiti, decided that since she's in corporate America and the Crown Act is visible, she can do whatever she wants without impunity. Corporate America is going to show her they may have wrote this, but we don't have to follow it. And we're going to show you because we control the dollar, how much we control your dollar. So they're going to get rid of her. Marjorie, not from Kansas, from Haiti, is going to sue and she's going to lose because all they have to do is say, hey, Marjorie from Haiti. And I'm saying Haiti because Haiti is a very, I've heard Marjorie, I've seen, I've known a lot of Marjorie's from Haiti. I'm just using it as an example. I'm not knocking Haitians. So let's get that disclaimer set. Marjorie from Haiti, I'm only saying from Haiti because she's black, is going to say they fired me because of my hair. They're going to bring up the fact that you showed up three separate days, five minutes late. And your job qualifications and your job title, they cannot use anymore. So they get rid of you. Your lawyer is going to take her money and go away and she's not going to have a job. And she's going to be another victim that's going to be crying about the government. And and all the white people, while Marjorie from Kansas is sitting in home, pretty as a housewife, earning generational wealth and interest on the money she got out of her out of court settlement with her husband. Hmm. Pretty strong. Not. I'm going to leave all that in. But go ahead. <laughs> Strength and protections for workers expanding access to full, fairly compensated employment. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm going to bring one of their points against them where they, you know, you had feminists talking about the wage gap. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> First off, the wage gap, uh, and I found it hilarious that a woman tackled the wage gap and she set out to do exactly what she did and disproved that that was even a thing. Um, they were the argument is that you know women made less than men on the basis of gender and sex when really what her research showed is that women who do make less than men did so in the basis of area of expertise educational level and choices i.e if you had a mm. man and a woman same business with the same level of education paid at the same rate the man may get more money because he takes more professional uh opportunities than the woman does if he has especially if she's married and she has children Let's say both of these, yep. this man and this woman are both married. They both have kids. The man is more likely to go and travel for business than the woman because she's a mother. She doesn't want to leave her kids. I understand that because I, you know, for us, <laughs> dropping our kids off to the first day. 
how to walk, how to talk, how to sleep, and such, etc. Okay, nothing wrong with that. So they showed that. They showed that uh, when it came to certain areas in which they really tackled, women just generally were not interested in going into those fields. So of course you had less women in the field and you had them making less money because when it came to, uh, as we said, education, they would go like get a bachelor's in the field of science and while the men went and they got masters and PhDs or whatever. So of course the higher your education is the higher, you know, your you the higher salary you can accumulate. Now that being said, correct. When we talk about the wage gap, uh, or when make seventy-five cents on a dollar for every dollar a white man makes still out earn their black male counterparts and no one wants to talk about that mm, say it again they're still out earning black white women who make 75 cents on are claiming to work and make 75 five cents on a dollar for every dollar that every white man earns are still out earning their black male counterparts but they women when them and you put their income up against another woman's they doubly out earn black women so mm -hmm. i wonder if this is one of those issues that the congressional black caucus plans on uh do they plan on tackling this issue when they talk about fair compensation for employment because if they have we i haven't heard anything about them saying you know i haven't heard them discussing this anywhere no, and because they care about the Crown Act. Know. They cared about the Crown Act. They did not care about the Equal Pay Act. That's true, but then black people are still in power. Okay, we can show up to work with our afros and still be poor. Ooh, say it again. Uh, I mean, seriously, you're you're there are people in New York. They let you wear any kind of hair you want. And we're showing up to work with afros, and then we're still going home poor. We're still going to underfunded, sending a lot of our kids to underfunded schools. We're still uh, living in neighborhoods where we're more likely to die by the age of 21. And if we do live there continually, we're dying at uh, at, at least 10 years earlier than our white counterparts who live in better neighborhoods. So Ooh. what has the Crown Act done for us as far as anything but it really hasn't done anything but tell us, hey, you can wear your afro here, but you can still go home and be poor for all the reasons I just listed. I got I, I, I got to get my hair deal. Okay. Especially when this place is open up, I got to get my hair deal. I got to get that good weave. Come on now. You're going to see more blonde weaves on Black Chicks in corporate America. Watch what I tell you. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> I and wish I was real quick, Going back to the ed education piece mm -hmm. real quick. You're going to find out in about school opens in what? September? August? Yeah, down here okay, September, September 8th. Okay. I guarantee you within the first six months of school, there's going to be a report that is out that's going to be alarming to black folks. And guess what it's going to say? Black folks in America that white kids and other races of kids excelled during quarantine and black kids did not. Mm. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to complain. And guess what? That white liberal is going to say, I don't understand this. I, I, I just don't. Sad. Do you understand this? this, this that's alarming. 
I, 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 I understand. They, they're just not given the same opportunities. I mean, I, we, we pay all this money and all these taxes. I mean, why aren't they, why didn't they just, just, everyone should just get an iPad, okay? Why, all that money we pay, we, just give everybody a laptop. Well, that's not going to go very far when you got these chicks taking their kids' laptops and Instagram beefing with each other. Mm. I don't understand this. You can go get ABC Mouse. Thank you. Or sit, read, I mean, do we something. Read the little girl. We make the little girl. We make our little girl read every day. Yes. She opens the book. She loves books. Read so, to the that stuff. You have to start that stuff. Like you, you guys' daughter's really young. Uh, you have to start that basically as soon as they cut. You know what? They said that the, I read a, sci a study that scientists uh, conducted said that it, you start reading to your child while the baby is in the womb because they can hear at a certain stage yeah. of development in the room. If you start reading them to them in the womb, they develop their uh, vocabulary skills sooner You know, after birth, which is why yes. ours talked really early and they, they had a lot to say. Yes. Our kid is one yeah. and she can say outside. But hey, but see, that would require what is that word that is allergic to black people? Accountability. <laughs> because guess what? We love blaming the teacher when the kid messes up, do we not? And you know, this thing, going back to the uh, reform of the criminal justice thing, they're talking about, and it kind of goes in line with what's going on now, where they're talking about. Uh, Dis, uh, defunding the police to give those that money back to those communities. I wonder <laughs> <laughs> how is that going to go? My thing with that is if you're going to give that money to the communities, okay, but you have to change the mentality of the people in the communities in order for that program for that to work out. How many programs have we made and put in the for have we for under that have failed because? the mentality of the people in those areas regarding anything that would bring them, that would require them to do a little work to bring themselves out of poverty or out, you know, to better their own situation. I scream it all the time. There's an easy solution. It'll cost a few million dollars, but it's an easy solution. And you can even do a pilot program on it, recertify the high schools. You can do it for a year, bring back, Bring back construction, bring back home act, bring back auto tech, bring back, you could even expand, have computer science. You teach those kids a skill by the time they leave high school, you don't have, you, you're, you're equipping kids to go out at 18 to go work if they don't want to go to college. But we already know what's going to happen. Everybody's going to know what they cut out of that, number one. Number two, they're not going to want to pay the insurance premiums that they're going to have to pay to protect the kids. Number three, and most importantly, once you recertify the high schools, the colleges don't get their cut anymore. Their enrollment is going to drop, especially if you go into auto tech, unless, the, unless that kid wants to become an engineer, and then, okay, you'll get that money back. But let's just say the kid does get somewhat of a certification and then decides to go to college. He's going to be in college less, which means there's less money coming in. Mm -hmm. Colleges ain't going to go for that. But once again, 
why people don't want to ask these questions. Because what did I say before? They they were given respect. They didn't earn it. Which is why you go now and you're hearing black folks start to say now, hey, why aren't we at the table? Why aren't we at the table when these decisions are being made? Because, again, they gave you respect. You didn't earn the respect. And quite as it's kept, Black people, they don't want to give you recertification because once they recertify those high schools and the less money comes in, they can't control you anymore. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens when they can't control you anymore? You've earned their respect. But moving right along. Because I know when people hear this, they're just going to let it flow out of their ears. Probably call me a coon and all that. Whatever. Second to last thing. Expanding access to capital, contracts, and counseling for minority-owned businesses. But the people that say they love you, yo, Democrats, want to eliminate opportunity zones. Biden has said this. Mm-hmm. They're trying to. Uh, I'm about to do it for them. I will share the screen. I will let you share the screen. I'm going to turn mine off. When you find it, share the screen. I think mm-hmm. you can. Yeah, I think you can share your screen. Can you? I think. I, yeah, I think I can. Okay. When you pull it out, okay. share that screen. Black folks. The pit. <laughs> Your savior loves you that much that they watch you close businesses every year and then come in, swoop in, take the building, create something, take all the money, and leave your neighborhood. Okay. And then when uh, and then when they get enough, they run away and overcharge you for the building. Okay, you saying that? Uh, you got to give it a couple seconds. I do not see anything. It didn't even move yet. Okay. All right. Well, may not let me oh, do maybe, it, but I, I. Well, maybe not. Where? What? What is this? Where are you looking at? It's a Forbes.com. What you need to know about opportunity zones. Okay, let's see if I can pull it up. Opportunity. I want to. I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about uh, Miss Casia Cortez and her stance on those opportunity zones and getting rid of them. (laughs) You know, you know where I'm going with this. That chick. That chick. Hey, look, you. Hey, they're eliminating her district. They don't want to tell y'all that. She's going for. She wants to be second under Pelosi. Okay, here we go. We are sharing the screen. So, folks, right now we are looking at Forbes.com. What you need to know about Opportunity Zone. Let's move it down. 
Morgan Simon. She don't she look like a feminist? Yeah. I don't know if you can see her picture. She just gives me that word. Uh, she's a feminist. But it's all good. And she all right. Uh that is a very nice picture of Oakland. Okay, here we go. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, or TCJA, known for creating opportunity zones, is often celebrated for its potential with billions of dollars into low-income communities. However, there remains an open question as to whether this program will ultimately serve to add value or extract values from these communities. I'm going to let Tiffany continue. Okay. The opportunity zones are defined as economically distressed communities where new investments under certain conditions may be eligible for preferential tax treatment. First conceived in April of 2018, OZ plans are now in place for communities in all 50 states this year. How it works is that each state nominates blocks of low-income areas by census tract, which are then certified by the Secretary of the U.S. Treasury via his delegation of authority to the Internal Revenue Service through the IRS, investors can file a Form 8896 to create a Qualified Opportunity Fund. Vehicles structured as either a partnership or corporation for the purpose of investing in an OZ census tract, whether in real estate or directly in business through equity. The fund is required to hold at least 90% of its assets in that qualifying OZ area. Simply understanding the mechanism of OZs creates a major barrier for entry for more socially minded investors. This interview aims to unpack. Assessment fund focused on helping low income families generate better access to healthcare, education and financial services. Taking the startup approach and working with early stage companies. He was born and and now designated OZ, went to college in an OZ and most recently was married in an OZ. He has been working diligently to identify and maximize the impact opportunity of opportunity zones and share his insight on how communities across America can best benefit from the program. Oh man. And uh, I know you've heard about- say goddamn. Wanting to defund opportunities, for, you know, she wanted to defund those pro, those the opportunity zone program. And I'm actually reading here on the hill, mm-hmm. uh, right? And it says progressive reps Alexandria Acacia Cortez, DNY, uh, and Rashida Talib this week proposed an amendment that would prevent the IRS from using funds to administer or enforce the Opportunity Zone program created by President Trump's 2017 tax cut law. So President Trump created this law that creates these, that, uh, you know, it's supposed to help underprivileged zones in the area of business. And she's talking about cutting it. Lawmakers are proposing their amendment be, their amendment be added to an appropriations bill that includes funding for the Treasury Department and IRS. The House Rules Committee is scheduled to meet Monday to determine which amendment proposed by lawmakers will be made in order. Under opportunities, under the Opportunity Zones program, investors can receive capital gains tax breaks if they make investments in designated economically distressed areas. Lawmakers created the program in an effort to help low-income communities and then end the provisions in 2017 tax law and opportunity zones were based on bipartisan legislation. 
but Democrats have become increasingly critical of the program in recent months, following news reports about how wealthy people are benefiting from the program. Tlaib introduces a bill in November to repeal the Opportunity Zones program. She said at the time that the programs, quote, fail to drive real benefits to low-income communities instead of rewarding President Trump's donors. Other Democratic lawmakers have offered bills that wouldn't eliminate the program, but would increase guardrails and reporting requirements. Republicans back increasing reporting requirements about investments in opportunity zones and continue to support uh, to be supportive of the program. Representative Kevin Brady of Texas, the top Republican in the House Ways and Means Committee, criticized the amendment proposed by Ocasio-Cortez and Talib in a tweet Friday, arguing that the amendment would hurt poor communities. Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. So, Miss uh, Ocasio-Cortez. So, what Rashida, Rashida, yes, what 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 she say? She said her beef with it is supposedly that the bill is helping uh, the wealthy instead of the poor. According to her, uh, the program fails to drive real benefits to low-income communities, instead often rewarding President Trump's donors. It might, but here's what she won't tell you. Creating opportunity zones creates a middle class. Providing mm-hmm. people to open businesses inside on average with inside of 18 months, you would go from poor to middle class. What happens when you have a whole community full of middle class people? Well, you don't have, you have less dependency on government through social welfare programs and you have uh, less crime, mm-hmm. You have, which means you have less people going to prison because they don't, you know, you don't have people that are so desperate or so crippled by poverty that they turn to a life of crime as a means to either get by or they just give up on themselves altogether. I think your phone agrees with you. (laughs) Yeah. But there was one other thing you forgot. What is that? When you have an entire middle class neighborhood, those middle classers, you have to answer to them. Mm. See, when you're poor, you can just say whatever. And they'll just, you as long as you say the right things, they'll agree with you. Notice, when you go to a rich politician's area, where, where, he's, where he or she are controlling the rich area, those people are in those meetings, making sure if they lose a dollar, they're going to make you hear about it. The poor neighborhood their representative is going to hear how can we make that dollar. That middle class person is going to hold that politician accountable. Because there's no way I'm going to work that hard and have you represent me and make me, I might lose it. Never is going to happen. I expect you, if I'm in a middle-class neighborhood, I expect to see you weekly. But once again, we don't have a middle class right now. 
They want to kill the opportunity zone because Trump is trying to rebuild the middle class. Because quiet as kept, Republicans understand that the middle class keeps America afloat. That's where you have the most debt. They don't tell you that. Rich people do not have the most debt. It's the middle class. But they found it more profitable to have the poorer class have all the debt. Because remember, we didn't have these problems with, with student loans back in the 90s. Yeah, they might have been lower, but people were by and large paying off their student loans. Nowadays, you're hearing these kids talking about, oh, I took out six figures. I can't pay this back. But they're making money off of it. You create opportunities on, you're creating jobs. You're creating infrastructure. You can probably take about 20% of those people, put them into an opportunity zone, and they, they'd clear out. They'd have, they'd have a healthy bank balance. But again, that would have to be accountability on the politicians end. And we all know politicians are not going to be accountable. But hey, shout out to Forbes. They did a good article, even though the chick looked like a feminist, but that's just me. <sighs> Let's finish off the CBC, those, those clowns, because I, I got to talk about Chicago before we go. Oh, goodness. So last one, promoting. <laughs> oh, wow. Promoting. U.S. foreign policy initiatives in Africa and other countries that are consistent with the fundamental right of human dignity. <laughs> I wonder how foreign policy, how much foreign policy it was to put the Kente clause on Schumer and Pelosi. <laughs> how much was that oh, foreign policy? How much was that foreign policy? And y'all said that around the world. How many Africans uh, were probably pissed off at that picture? I bet. And oh my goodness! <coughs> and you know what? I actually did the research on those Kente claws, and especially around the time. And they, like, first off, um, there's they each represent something different. Okay. Yes. They have uh, claws that they they wear to represent, you know, mourning, represent uh, joy, represent prosperity, you know, love, life, what have you. So when I'm I, I I'm sitting here studying this and then think laughing to myself because I'm like I wonder if they really know what those orange cloths mean like do they not know that uh, you know. do you understand <laughs> I've seen that particular pattern since I was in elementary school mm -hmm. I think I wore that pattern for my fifth grade graduation performance mm -hmm. I'm like do they know what Oh, no, they don't. They probably got it off of Amazon. They did. Uh, I tell a lie. They didn't get it off of Amazon. They got it off of AliExpress. Shout out to China. Oh, goodness gracious. So tell us what, what those cloths mean. Oh, let's see. And I'm going to pull this back up. <laughs> I 
Okay. Many behind the West African kente cloth for everyone here. They, uh, okay. Before we start, there's, there's a couple of things here. There's a, the kente cloth is made from thin strips, about four centimeters thick, woven together on narrow looms, typically by men. The stripes are interlaced to form fabric that is usually worn wrapped around the shoulders and the waist like a toga. The garment is also known as the kente. Women wear two shorter lengths to form a skirt or and bodice. Originally made from white cotton with some indigo pattern, the kente cloth evolved when silk arrived in the Port with Portuguese traders in the 17th century. Fabric samplers were pulled apart from the silken thread, which was the woven into the kente cloth. Mythology and meaning. Okay, the kente has its own mythology claiming the, or the original cloth was taken from the web of spider and related uh, superstitions such as no work can be started or completed on a Friday and that mistakes require an offering to be made on the uh, to the loom. And kente cloth colors are significant conveying these meanings. Blue, meaning love. Green, meaning growth and energy. Yellow or gold, meaning wealth and royalty. Red, meaning violence and anger white goodness or victory gray meaning shame black or uh black meaning death or old age so i'm guessing that the they didn't really say anything about the orange ones in here i mean i'm guessing that the orange so they put the kente cloths on for i guess they wanted to show that they were mourning with black people and wore the wrong color yeah. If you wanted to mourn with us, you wear the black one. All right. They yeah, put on the cloth so, that, that is closely, most closely associated probably with wealth or royalty. So you're basically showboating while black people are protesting. <laughs> Come on. You knew this was going to happen. Folks, if you're watching this live, I just put it up on the screen. We had to do it for the folks. Please do. Look, keep that image. That's the hardest rap album <laughs> I've ever seen. Man, hold on, up, bro. that is no, that is the one that's that represents wealth. That's Charlie, be like, yeah, son. I, I didn't see President Trump doing this. That's because I, Trump I didn't see him doing this. He didn't even wear a kente tie. Like, okay, how would you want to bet she gonna, she, she gonna come out she's like happy Kwanzaa? Oh, I know. Well, I see that coming up. She said that, and y'all put over, son. And this is where I don't. This is why I knew we failed. I went on Twitter when this came out. People were like, "Yo, Nancy Pelosi got that drip." This was black people saying this. <laughs> I'm like, "And y'all are old enough to vote. The hell with all of you." Mm -hmm. This is why I'm in favor of licenses to vote. Some y'all don't deserve to vote. She will be hitting them with the Kwanzaa that most of us don't celebrate anyway. And honestly. Oh you know the funniest thing is there Kwanzaa is not even a holiday. It's a made up holiday that started right, in the sixties. It's 60s. a made up holiday that started in the sixties. No, ask any African that you know if they come here from Africa directly from Africa. For they don't celebrate that. They don't even know what the hell it is. Them seven candles. Come on, son. Seven, they don't know seven, what it is. <laughs> Oh no! What, what was the last one? I always forget the last one. What's the last one called? 
What's the last one? Uh, I don't know. I don't celebrate it. <laughs> yeah, man. What's the last one? Bravo. Somebody tell me what the last one is. I forgot what the last one called. I know it started with a U. Ooh, hold on. Seven principles of quants. Oh, goodness. I think it starts um, with a U. I don't know. Simoja, Kuji Jagalia. I'm sure there's a black chick out there named that. I don't give a damn. Um, Ujima, Ujama, Nia, Imani. One last one. Okay, hold on. I'm getting this seven. Where's it? Oh, I should know this. I'm not black. I bet you Joe Biden could probably stumble through this. Okay. I think it's Imani. Imani is the last one. Uh, yes, I think I'm pretty sure. Hold on, let me. I'm double checking. This dude in the picture in the front look like my grandfather. God rest his soul. How y'all? How you? How you black folks in the congressional black couscous allow this? Who did this? Yeah, the the final the final principle of Kwanzaa is Imani, the principle of faith. Uh, so I missed Karinga defines this as faith in community, writing to believe with all our hearts and our people, our parents, our teachers, our leaders, and the righteousness and victory of our struggle. So, which is the one I missed? Okay, uh, you said Imani Nia. Did you say Nia? Purpose, I said Nia Ujama Ujama. I said Ujama, yeah, that's uh, uh, Ujima. Collective work and responsibility. Yeah, that was the third one I said. Uh, I don't know how to say this, but it breaks down to self determination. This principle is K U J I C H A. You know, there's some black chick out there with that name. Umuja. Umuja, that's the first one. Yeah. So it's Umuja, Kuji Jackalia, Ujima, Ujama, Nia, Imani. What's the last one? Kumba. I feel like that's K the U one. It's Kumba. K U. Kumba. That's what it is. Kumba. Kumba. Uh, the principle to do always as much as we can in the way we can in the in order to leave our community more beautiful and beneficial than we inherited it. We a long Shout way away from that one. <laughs> we a long way away from that one. Oh, black folk, black folk. Before we go, we got we got to do it. I'm sure I have fans in Chicago. We have fans. I'm sorry. I I I, I got to do it, folk. Now on the screen, if you're watching it live, you'll see it. On the playback, I pulled up the site HeyJackass.com, and they do Chicago crime stats. Oh man! And criminal infographics. So the year to date, they are at 444 murders. This week, they've killed eight people and shot 85. In July, they've killed 103 people. But y'all have a black sitting mayor right now who's more concerned with getting press for calling the press secretary of the White House a Karen than controlling her city after the president said, 
I will bring federal authorities up there to help you out. She told her, she told this man, no. And then two weeks later said, okay, we'll, we'll accept the help. And they got people getting shot at funerals. Uh, yes. They got people being, did you hear about the, the 18 year old girl that graduated from high school around like May 31st ish and was standing in line with some people at a grocery store or not at a grocery store, like a convenience store waiting to get in. Some guy drives up, sprays all of them uh, and drives off. So you had about 14 people shot there. You had 18 people shot at a funeral. You, I mean, how many children have been shot up there? Because all we've been hearing about is little kids up there getting killed. Oh, yeah. Um, I know the, that one week they had they had eight kids killed. I said, but 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 y'all politicians want to want to say that white people are racist. And we're talking about uh, what was their thing? They're they're okay. They wanted to promote U.S. foreign policy initiatives in Africa and other countries that are consistent with the fundamental right of human dignity. What about the rights of human dignity and people in these places like Chicago that are suffering under gang terrorism? on a daily basis that we just kind of overlook and try to sweep under the rug and act like they, that, you know, their crime is no big deal. Mm -hmm. You want to know why? Why? Because they're afraid to God. I want black folks to pull up y'all's chairs and come close to your phone or whatever. I want you to hear this. They don't want to do anything because they know the president can arbitrarily do whatever he wants even though the media claims that he can't he actually can't this is how he cleans it up and this is the what i call another one of those nightmare scenarios if he ever does a press conference and this better scare the hell out of black people if he ever does a press conference and and calls all these black areas terrorism spots he can send the army in. He can send the air force in. Remember, he took an oath. What does his oath say? He's to protect the America. Uh, he's to protect America from all outside enemy forces, both foreign and domestic. If he ever declares these gangs domestic terrorists he can get money from congress to run up in there and wipe every single one of them out but we all know what's going to happen if he ever does that he's going to get called a racist so he's just letting it sit he's letting it foster he's actually doing the more diplomatic route he's going to let these democrats eat themselves you had Giuliani the other day come on TV and said he could clean up Chicago in 18 months. And that's a Republican saying that. Mm-hmm. And we all saw what he did in New York. Exactly. And I'm not a big fan of Giuliani, but I have to give him credit there. He cleaned up New York. Y'all get mad at stopping frisk? I used to be mad at stopping frisk. When you do it excessively, yeah, that, that's crap. But if you're doing it strategically, it works. Both sides of the aisle agree to this. 
but the Democrats will never say it out loud because they don't want to piss off black folks. Look at that map that you that we have on the screen if you're watching this live. If you're watching this on the playback, the south side of Chicago is mostly orange and red, which are bad. Well, yellow and red, which is bad. There's even some gray area. It's a lot of shootings. They said if this continues, they could pass 2016 when they had 808. Then I heard some fool online say, oh, well, when it gets cold, they're going to stop shooting. And the dude was like, "Um, I live in Chicago. They don't stop. They bust off more guns at Christmas and New Year's. The only thing I'll give Chicago credit for is they're not killing old people. Because old people are like, I'm not going outside. If you don't mind me interrupting for a second, I actually have a story about, uh, okay, my brother has this friend from Chicago. To us, he's a cousin. And he left at the time that he left when we were teenagers. He said that it was so bad up there. They, You know, they got those tall buildings, those projects up there. Well, he was living in the projects up there. The gangsters were throwing, their, were throwing people off those buildings and mm-hmm. you know, throwing them to the death. They were... They would ambush people in the elevators where they would uh, all crowd into the elevator, block the person in, hit the top, hit the button for the top floor and just stab that person up. The elevator rose to the top floor and kill them. They were doing all kinds of things. I mean, just recklessness. So this argument that it's going to stop when it gets cold, it doesn't stop in little areas where I live in Charleston. They shoot and kill each other out here in those those neighborhoods like the east and west side when it's cold. And our population is nowhere near the size of Chicago. So I imagine if these little towns keep keep up the nonsense when uh, it's cold. I can only imagine uh, that is anyone that believes that it's going to stop when it gets cold is fooling themselves. Mm-hmm. Put it on the screen, folks. 2020 race of victim slash assailant. Look at this ratio. 348 victims, 31 assailants. And that's just the ones that they caught. So if you took this average right now, each assailant has killed 10 people. Thereabouts, 11. We'll call it 11. They've made 11 victims out of one person. Do you understand that every one of those people can be labeled a mass shooter? Well, one more again, they'll never, they'll never say that. I made a joke years ago when someone put up a stat about Chicago. And they were like, oh, why? No, I tell a lie. When they did that last mass shooting, I think it was at the, um, where was it? I think the San Bernardino thing. So I was like, oh, why don't y'all tell what, why do you think black people don't commit mass shootings? I said they can't afford the bullets. I got called a racist for that. This is not mass shooting. You have all these other black areas trying to m- match what Chicago's doing. Mm-hmm. New York is crazy right now. They just shot another team up here. Who was at a memorial? Atlanta just had that little girl get shot.
down in Austin now, that white man got shot. I think the dude was black that was in the car. I saw something about a pregnant woman that was shot in the, and killed in her car uh, mm -hmm. with her boyfriend. <laughs> mm-hmm. But y'all want to tell me that y'all's congressional black couscous really cares. Why haven't they brought Lori Lightfoot up there to D.C.? and asked her questions. Hey, Chicago, why is it y'all's Italian-Americans the ones asking questions? We had black folks running on, on TV when, when them little kids got shot, talking about, oh, we're gonna put up a reward. No, you shouldn't have said that. You should have said, listen, Y'all are ruining our neighborhoods. We're putting together a task force. We got money. We're putting together a task force. We're going to arm these people and they're going to go patrolling. Y'all hate cops that much. Let me tell y'all something. Guess what white people are doing right now? They're setting up neighborhood watches. They're going to coordinate with the police. They're going to be very safe. Mm -hmm. Guess what else they're going to be? Very exclusive. When you get a little bit of money, try to move up there because it's safe. They're going to tell you, no, you stay over there with them. Where's the black neighborhood watches? Oh, the black militias are enough, right? Mm. Good on them. Guess what? They shot three people down in, in Louisville playing around with their guns. Why don't you send those people up there to Chicago? Oh, they won't turn their guns on each other. That's what it is. How do you kill 405 people in half a year? Oh, goodness. 2,300 people shot in your city and you wonder why your city is losing people left and right. Then you're going to come, come on and complain that you're not getting enough opportunities. You know, there was a, a point in time since you just said that where black people were, you know, there was the exodus of blacks out of the South um, trying to avoid discrimination and, and everything that came with racism back like in the Post like very almost immediately after slip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a bunch of those people live in Chicago mm -hmm. or from Mississippi. They're gonna be oh yeah, but they're gonna be uh, people are gonna be going right back to these southern these southern places and these small towns. But the it. thing about that is, and the thing about that is, like you see, but you can kind you can clearly see that they're taking the violence with them. That happened mm -hmm. when I was in Colorado, we used to have uh, LA gangsters that would come over into Colorado where I was born and they would bring their crime activity with them or their gangster boyfriend. They, they brought their habits with them. Now, our gangsters in Colorado were pretty bad, but they were, their only means of uh, build alliances with the Cali gangsters because they were, they were 10 times more vicious than the Colorado gangsters were. Colorado gangbangers would shoot you and kill you the Cali boys would get so many of them on the side of a car, tip it over, spray the whole neighborhood, use the car as a shield. 
the Col- the Colorado gangsters would stab you to death, put it in a bag, and lay it in front of your mama's doorstep. They had to learn to be t- that vicious to survive. And these we're talking about gangsters. The average ordinary person in those neighborhoods was no match for any for either side. So it was either stay there and die or leave. And you can guess what most of us did. We left because we really didn't have a choice. Black it's going to be the same. Right. right. But that that's what it was. It was it was black flight. It was Hispanic flight, too, because that na- one of those neighborhoods we lived in was black and Hispanic. And you put black and Latino gangsters together each separately, they're bad enough on their own. You put them together in the same area, they're two, they're 10 times worse. And then you bring in gangsters from another city that's even more violent than where we were living, have them bring their anger, their aggression, their violence with them, teach another, teach other people in there in a new area, their level of violence. Things just got way out of hand. Um, there used to be a, a an apartment complex out there where it was split. There was like families on one side of the complex and then there was a fence and a graveyard. And then on that, everything on that graveyard and back belonged to the gangsters because there were apartments there too. Those gangsters had their trials, their, their gangster meetings, their business meetings and their trials and executions right there in the cemetery. They would shoot you and kill you right in, front, in that cemetery and leave you there to rot where everybody could see you. And they knew that the people on the other side of the fence, the families were so afraid of them that they wouldn't say anything. When you get people like that in a particular area, good folks are going to start to leave. But the sad thing about it is where the good people leave and they flee to trying to go, trying to uh, make it to safety and take refuge. Those gangsters are going to follow because they always do. That's how we got those guys from Cali that came into Colorado back in the 90s and brought the level of violence from uh, already bad enough people to a whole new level. Mm. Yeah. Congressional Black Caucus, where you at? Oh, you're you're you you're, you're silent. Oh, y'all closed for the day. Say it's, it's 820. You're closed for the day. I got questions. But you won't answer a black person's question. I'm going to try again. I'm going to see if one of them will come on. No one talk to me. <sighs> but this was fun. Something fun. It went mm-hmm. it went a lot longer than I would than I anticipated, but it was good information. So I'm probably going to split this up into two parts. Okay. But before we go, one more time, Tiffany, just let them know where they can find you. Yes, you can actually find me on Linktree at uh, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Tiffy Television. And you go to my Linktree, you will find links to my social media, my website, uh, my YouTube, everything involving me. Um, You can make your purchases of my books. Do you know who you are? And see my father directly from our website. We accept PayPal and we do not accept returns. Um... I think that I have to stress that because I, 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 you know, people are in the habit of making purchases. You just use your stuff and then want to return it. We don't do returns. Yeah. I don't want, she don't want to read. She don't want to reread your, your book that you read maybe 20 pages out of it and then understand what she was saying. 
get it, tear the cover up, and then try to send it back for their money back. Right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, black people. But we're going to go enjoy the rest of this COVID-19. Stay safe. I did my test, so I ain't got it. And we'll catch you on the back end. Good night. Good night. Hey, this is Kid Gravity. Before or after you listen to this podcast, make sure you head over to YouTube and subscribe to my Kid Gravity Beyond channel, where I have live streams of subjects that you may or may not hear on this podcast, and also interviews that you may or may not hear on here. So again, go over to youtube.com, put in Kid Gravity Beyond, and subscribe to the channel. Thanks.